Welcome. You're about to hear another Grandpa Hill true health story about what truly happened to me with my vitamin D. D for me and Mary Lee. Mary Lee is my wife. Early in the pandemic of 2020, COVID-19, I was in a kind of sort of lockdown against a respiratory virus. It was a respiratory virus to be sure, and I knew nothing about how I could stop it from getting to me. I was told it would make a big difference to my health and other people's health if I stayed six feet away from other apparently healthy people. I was told that if I put a cloth over my face that it would stop particles of a very tiny virus from entering my nose and throat. I was also told to wash my hands a lot. From several decades of having colds and flu and such, I knew that when I get a cold or the flu, the viral infection almost always shows up in my nose for a while. If I beat it there, I don't get much of a sore throat. And if I don't beat it there, I get the sore throat, maybe bronchitis. So I washed my hands a lot, and I respected my distance, but didn't understand the magic of six feet. I put the cloth on my face and helped others to do so by making masks. Even so, I was really hungry for information. What was true about the disease? What were the trends and the statistics? I waited for more information. I'm sort of a pioneer in thinking and figuring out things that no one else figures out. In the case of this virus, I just wanted a course of action other than ignoring it, thinking I'd be okay because I didn't have comorbidities. What I was listening for was some data about why some people got the virus and others didn't. What was true about those that got seriously sick and those that only had a mild illness. I read about comorbidities, diabetes, being old, obesity, hypertension. People with dark skin were dying more than people with white skin. And then there were reports that many of the people presenting at the hospital with serious illness were low on vitamin D. Now I had something to do that might make a difference. I started supplementing with vitamin D. My thinking was that maybe if low D was true about those with the illness, then high D would be true of the people that didn't get so sick. I wanted to be one of those people. And what would that hurt? What the heck it couldn't hurt? This Grandpa Hill started taking D3 Grandma Hill was already taking D3, 5,000 IUs per day. So that's where I started. Then the frontline doctors, the Frontline Critical Care Alliance, they included vitamin D in their protocol. I felt confirmed. The doctors that really were doctoring also recommended D3. I kept taking the D3, and so did my wife, Mary Lee. In my life, D3 surfaced again in December of 2021. 
I still hadn't gotten COVID, but I was sick with a cold, and Mary Lee was congested and had lost her sense of taste. It was then that I heard Dr. John Campbell on the YouTube video on D3 levels. He reported that there was indeed a strong inverse relationship between D3 and death. D3, when it's up at healthy levels prior to hospitalization, death was highly unlikely. He was quoting a study, as he always does. In the study, if D3 was low prior to hospitalization, then death was much more likely. Being an engineer, working on all sorts of unknowns every day, and needing to make decisions about what is the best way to go, without the studies, I figured I'd better get some more D3. I was sick and sure didn't want COVID death rate to be any higher due to me and my wife. I started taking 10,000 IUs per day, which she did as well. The rest of the story from Campbell that day was pretty interesting. He said that to get D3 up where I wanted it, which would be like up above 50 nanograms per milliliter, you needed to take it with vitamin K2. So I bought some K2 and added it to our D3 regimen. A couple of weeks later, I found myself watching one of those animated health cartoons at the doctor's office. We were at Dr. Bulow and Dr. Savage's office. They are upper cervical chiropractors in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. There was a little purple figure on the cartoon with a K on it, and it was doing its job. Somehow it was helping D3 in the cartoon get the bones healthy. Another confirmation, and I bought some of the product immediately. I have to interrupt the story for just a minute. My grandson just finished laughing because it's very unlike me to make a snap decision without analyzing, without critical thought, with no apparent thinking at all, watching a cartoon and then buying a product for whatever reason. I just don't do that. So let me explain. With respect to improving my immune system, I was like in a battle. I felt like I was in a battle. I had, I had made a decision earlier to take the D. That was like taking ground in that battle. Improving my position, improving my defenses, improving my immune system was always on my mind and I'm always looking for ways to do that. So when I find out about D3 levels needing to be higher and K2 needing to be in me to improve how the D3 was going to work, the thinking had already been done. It really was, just like I said in the story, very convenient for my wife to take K2 with the D3. So what looked like a snap decision was really no decision 
at all. It had already been made. And so the product was K-Force, vitamin K with D3 in the same pill. So it was simple for Mary Lee to remember for taking her medicine. I bought some K-Force for Mary Lee. I continued myself on the 10,000 IUs of D3 with a sublingual K2. As I was being treated for my cold, I also came across another helpful episode of the Dark Horse podcast. The whole episode was devoted to D and how it helped the immune system. I got a few good takeaways. One, that D was safe and I wasn't going to hurt myself taking the D that I was. Two, was their very clever way of naming, renaming, I should say, the cold and flu season. It doesn't really exist. Rather, it would be better to call it the vitamin D deficient season. It happens to be when we get colds and flu. But the driving force, in the opinion of the experts on that show, was that we go indoors or the sun doesn't shine and we get sick. The experts were saying that that was all because our D was getting too low. And the last thing I got was that some bodies, some people's bodies don't digest the D too well. So I stayed on the 10,000. One of the in fact, one of the presenters on the podcast, on the Dark Horse podcast, he also was on 10,000 because he was one of those people that didn't digest it too well. So that's another confirmation that, I'm, that I was doing what I thought was right, was starting to look like it actually was the right thing to do. I knew I had plenty of COVID exposure at work and people kept getting COVID around me. Yet I was over my cold and was on 10,000 IUs of D and some K2 and not getting COVID, not even the Omicron strain. I thought I was all set and started sharing my D3 story with others that were trying to have a strong immune system to ward off viral illness. When I finally got my D checked, it was 81 nanograms per milliliter, safe and high. 50 was my target, so I cut back some. Then as I was preparing this podcast in the hopes that others would know what happened to me with D3, and wouldn't you know it, Campbell reported out with yet another study. This one was out of Israel. In Israel, they had kept track of the death rate of those with adequate D prior to entering the hospital with COVID and compared it with those with low or inadequate D prior to entering the hospital with COVID. The conclusion of that study was that those with adequate D were 14 times more likely to live than those with inadequate D. 14 times better from taking a little pill and eating good foods rich in D. Well, for me, that was just gold, pure gold. Studies were finally coming out, and they were strongly favoring the value of D3. In my opinion, even though even these studies are considered like inadequate or 
governments would say they're not scientific enough or something like that. Uh, the medical associations would say, well, this isn't that important. Waiting for more studies and for everybody to agree uh, would be negligent on my part, harmful to me and to my wife is what I judged. So not telling others about my D3 would also be negligent on my part. If I cared about someone, I would tell them about vitamin D for me and Mary Lee. When I started to talk to others, I usually start with a safe little chat about a safe little vitamin D. Then another information piece came across my desk or my computer. I found that helped me confirm even more about D3 and COVID, and that is that it's considered a modulator of interleukin-6. This meant to me that D3 somehow worked on a key component of the famous cytokine storm that makes COVID such a powerful disease in the first place. What an experience with D3. I did not need a study. The data was just pouring in. I had taken action to protect my wife and myself, and so far we have lived around COVID and are healthy with respect to viral infection. And what about those comorbidities? I didn't have them, so I didn't worry about them. But since then, as I have come around to telling more people about D for me and for Mary Lee, I made one more D connection. Remember those comorbidities? Obesity, diabetes, hypertension, old age, dark skin. They are all conditions in which maintaining adequate vitamin D is quite a challenge. I wondered if D3 might really be a key to COVID health. I really don't know for sure, but there seems to be a lot of clues and observations that vitamin D plays a big role in the seriousness of viral infections. Adequate D seems to relate to better health. I already believed D3 was the right thing to do. Now believing that it might make me 14 times less likely to die with virtually zero health risk was music to my ears as I think, act effectively to improve my health and laugh and live. Until the next Grandpa Hill True Health Story, Shalom.